0: Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries The Latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. And this week, fresh back, sort of from the Toronto International Film Festival, is uh, Christy Strauss. Welcome back!
1: Thank you for having me. And yes, fresh back from my couch to the...
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we're we're a couple of weeks removed from TIFF, yeah. but I really wanted to have you on to talk about this year's Toronto International Film Festival. Um, we're going to kind of go through uh, some of the movies you saw. I've seen some of the ones that have come out kind of since the festival ended. Um, first, let's kind of talk macro. I mean, this is a very exciting time in the movie universe, the festival season. Um, I'm hoping to go to a festival of uh myself here in a a couple weeks and correct me if i'm wrong i I got the sense that this year's tiff was a little bit of kind of like an awkward middle between how the festival normally functions in person and last year which due to the pandemic pretty much the entire experience was online and this year was sort of this weird mix of like there was in-person stuff but there was also online stuff and not that many people were traveling because there's still a pandemic going on but not everything was available on the online service (laughs) but and not just you know obviously like some of the bigger movies that played there like dune or last night in soho but i i got the sense just from like kind of looking at social media that um there was people were having a lot of like communication issues and it was a little unclear like what what was going to be available where? Um, did was that something you kind of experienced, and kind of like what what was the the sort of TIFF experience this year, sort of operating in kind of this this mixed medium mode that they were in?
1: Yeah. So first, I should say this was my first TIFF. Um, you know as i've been to many film festivals this was the first time i was able to go to toronto uh, and not actually go to toronto um but go <laughs> it to was the the, first.
0: the the digiverse version of the toronto
1: <laughs> yes and it's what i love said hopefully next year i'll be boots on the ground doing it but this year i mean it just didn't make sense for me to make that trip but yes it they kind of things were a little bit mixed um and not <laughs> in a necessarily good way obviously it's very weird that Dune and Last Night. And so, like, I understand those are very big titles, but they only made it possible in theater, which already,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, eliminated a lot of people from being able to go. And a lot of the online, what was available online, changed. And some, like, we tried to plan coverage because it wasn't just me. We had a few other writers, right? And uh, one actually in Toronto, Wilson. And everybody was like planning on certain things, but then when it came down to it, they weren't available or they weren't available in the US or they mm-hmm. were only available in certain regions. And it was it was a little difficult to plan. And I think that a lot of people had some mixed feelings on how Tiff handled everything this year, yeah. organizing it. And I know it's got to be difficult, especially when you're doing kind of this hybrid in-person and online situation. But it's, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of that was frustrating, but I had so much fun and so many great films, and I saw so many movies that I mm-hmm. kind of just let some of those frustrations... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it's it's just an unfortunate aspect of kind of this this weird transition moment that we're in currently. Like, you know, you and I, people working in the entertainment press, and then you know, people in the industry, and I'm I'm sure to play devil's advocate for distributors and stuff. There's an aspect of like, well, we want this to be shown in a movie, and then so like, how much of it is like we got to put it like what what is the what is to gain by putting it on a service for additional press coverage and and that kind of stuff, and so i i I got the sense that this year's tiff as as hard as I'm sure all the people involved with the festival worked um it was just sort of like the unparalleled like figuring things out of like where we are and sort of being on unstable ground um before we get into some of the movies it is important to mention um the audience award winner of the festival which i feel like in terms of kind of an oscar conversation um because tiff is one of these festivals that there's typically a lot of oscar narratives that come out of um the winner of the audience award was belfast kenneth brana's new film that i have just been i i've just heard from people who've seen it is basically just like the irish roma um (laughs) <laughs> so it looks like that movie is kind of going to be firmly in the you know is is planting its flag in the awards conversation um I obviously haven't seen it I know some people who have I don't think it was available on on the platform was it no, no. it
1: wasn't but that is one I want to see um yeah I've heard a lot of really good things and it's I mean with Kenneth Branagh it's kind of like tends to be mixed for me like right <laughs> so I I mean I'm it's awesome that it's having such good feedback and responses and reactions. And of course I think a lot of the ones kind of coming through here will probably be Oscar potential contenders, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that one definitely could be, and I'm,
0: yeah. I'd like yeah. to see it.
1: I think it comes out in theaters in a couple of months, right?
0: Yeah. I believe it's sometime in November is yeah. when that's getting released. And I believe focus is the, the, who's releasing that and so that that'll that'll i think find its its avenue and um the audience award winner at tiff typically tends to be a kind of like somewhat broad kind of crowd pleasing movie Mm. um even if it isn't always like an oscar juggernaut like that's that's usually the lane it kind of fits into is sort of like a feel-good crowd pleaser so that seems like the kind of company that that i'm i'm sure that movie will will find its audience and there will be people who will go see it in november um but let's talk about some of the movies that we did see what were some of your favorites that you got to check out through the festival
1: yeah so first i want to say i saw 23 wow Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't really know how i managed that um with a full-time job and editing and everything else but i did and it was Honestly, it was just like constant movie watching, but you know that's what we love to do, so I was happy. Mm -hmm. And there was actually only a few movies that really were disappointments or let me down. So it was actually overall one of the better, like as a whole, festival Mm -hmm. experiences that I've had, just with like quality and um, talent involved. And so much of it was honestly first time directors, female directors. It was it was a really wonderful array of films that I got to see. So I think my favorite was petite Maman, um Ooh. yes <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm excited to hear about this because i i really loved um Siyama's siama's previous film portrait of a lady on fire yeah that came out a couple years ago and i i know a lot of people that was kind of their introduction to her even though that mm-hmm. was by far not her first film and so this i feel like has a lot more anticipation <laughs> to it gi- give or take like you know that it is a foreign language film and like it's a you know to scale, like a lot more anticipation than probably like some of her other previous movies have have had.
1: Yeah, it was um actually the first film I saw. It was like opening night that it was available, and it's just funny because it still sits with me. It's still my favorite of all the ones I watched, and it's uh it's a really lovely film. It's kind of like a a friendship fantasy, um and it's just it's just such obviously it's so beautiful to look at, of course, but the performances of these two young actresses and I don't want to give away what the plot is because it would just like it takes away the magic which it's definitely a very magical film um but it's it's really sweet and it's also really uh heartfelt and you know made me made me teary um (laughs) like she likes to do and yeah it was it's uh Basically, I can I can give you like a little plot overview though for anyone okay. who doesn't is, know. Okay, is
0: it? it <laughs> I get the sense I've I've heard a mother daughter story yes. thrown thrown in there. That's 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 all I really know about it. Is that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a mother daughter story. movie.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a mother daughter story. Um, when this young girl's uh, grandmother passes, she goes back to her grandmother's you know home with her mother and father, and she meets a young girl in the woods that she bonds with and kind of helps her deal with the loss um, as well as her mother. It's it's like so hard not to, if you know the movie, you know why this is hard, but um, there's just, it's, it's a really like, like down to earth. It's a really relatable story. And yet at the same time, there's this air of, you know, magic and like fairy tale. And it's, it's a, it's just a really beautiful film and it's really short too. And it's just, it manages to just completely be compelling the entire time. And like I said, that was the first movie I saw. I don't even know how many weeks ago that was now like three at this Mm -hmm. point, maybe. Um, And it still has resonated with me significantly. So it's definitely one I would recommend. And if you like portrait woman, a lady on fire, I know that you will also like this.
0: Great. I I'm, I'm eagerly looking forward to it. I, I heard a lot of other people, um, mentioned that this was one of their favorites they they checked out but um what were what were some others that kind of stood out for you
1: yeah so uh, again I saw quite a few (laughs) (laughs) I actually only think like three um were from the United States but so um I I really enjoyed Silent Land which um I will give a little hello to because it's probably not very known um and this is a Polish drama and it it's basically about a, a couple that go to Italy on vacation and something, and I did review this one, and something happens, uh, a, a death that kind of derails their vacay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it's more so not like a thriller in that sense. It's really kind of like a haunting drama because it's really more about their relationship and kind of figuring out who they are and realizing kind of what... Uh, Their issues are not only individually, but between them. And it's just a really... I don't know. It's just a really great film that really stuck with me. Kind of chilling at times, but also just really well done. So that's another one. Um, I can just like... Instead of giving like synopsis, I'll just name some that I really (laughs) like. Okay. (laughs) Because there's so many. Um, I'm telling you, I was so happy this year. But yeah, um, Compartment number 6, which was uh, kind of like a friendship romance. And you'll also realize like for some reason the films that i saw there were a lot of recurring themes in many of these movies like loneliness connection um family you know it it seems it's
0: it's almost like there's been some sort of event in the world right isolated people and we want to connect to others
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if only we could figure out what that was um but that's like a very recurring theme in so many of these like aloners uh out of sync i'm your man so many of these films i would recommend everybody look everything that i just set up but they're just all really about that like you know yearning for connection and it's it's something that was really powerful in all these films pretty much pretty much all of them actually <laughs> i don't know i did catch two midnight madness i'll say okay. um uh salome and Salava, and both of those were really good even though a lot of it didn't really seem, and this was something I also talked about in a review, but it doesn't really seem like a regular Midnight Madness kind of, because it's not really straight up horror. It's more like how people react and panic and fear in the face of fear, and mm-hmm. how they like make something into more than it is, and that's terrifying, obviously, as we've seen in the world, um, people's reactions to things. But it was it was different. But I really enjoyed it. It was it was kind of more of like a slow burn kind of thriller. And then uh Salome was really interesting. That was just like a kind of wild uh mix of genres. I think the site on Tiffs called it like um like uh- another version of um uh, can well, I can't think of the name of this movie right now? um let's just scratch that. Okay. <laughs> what I just said maybe can even dig it out no um
0: we'll we'll, we'll strike that from the record
1: <laughs> right <laughs> um but it it's really interesting. It's almost like Western meets horror meets uh you know thriller and it's it's a really interesting it's like these this group of mercenaries get stuck in this small town but there's like a supernatural presence there and Mm -hmm. you know I'm purposely trying to be vague but it's a really interesting film for sure like visually musically just everything about it so both of those I I wish I had got to see more Midnight Madness because obviously I love horror and I love you know, weird films, but those were great. I will also point out, just because it's such a weird film, Silent Night, which okay. um, I don't know if you heard of that one. It's, uh stars Keira Knightley, Matthew Good. It's basically like this group of friends and their family are all together for kind of like a final supper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, if you know what I mean. And it's definitely not a Christmas movie that you're going to want to like watch every year. You know, it's not... It's not happy, but it was just kind of so bold and, uh, it's like dark comedy meets just like horror. And it was, uh, also kind of like, you know, with everything going on a little bit of that same, you know, themes that I was talking about, but that was also really good. Um, I also saw some documentaries. I saw the, um, jagged the Alanis Morissette documentary
0: oh how is that because that um I guess got some some controversy of yes she was not too happy when I I guess she got a look at it and there was some stuff in there that she I I I I didn't read a whole lot about what the specific issue was but that she was not happy with how certain things were portrayed in there
1: yeah so it's kind of like you know I'm kind of mixed on it because I watched it before reading or knowing that there was controversy or that she did have issues with it. And she's in the film a lot. She is being Mm
0: -hmm.
1: completely interviewed, you know, throughout. And obviously, I mean, from what I've read since, there must be a lot more to that and how it's kind of edited. And I guess it was also a very, she felt very vulnerable time for her, but outside of that um, and that controversy and which makes everything obviously kind of tainted, um, the film itself, I really enjoyed it. And it's obviously, I mean, in part because, like, I grew up when that album was, like, popular and that was, like, my anthem as a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a young girl. So I connected to, you know, Jag Little Pill. So, of course, I enjoyed kind of revisiting, like, how she got started, which I didn't even know um, her original roots. It's interesting to watch. But also, like, they have a lot of concert performances and stuff. So there's, like, nostalgia embedded in that. But now that I know that, you know, it makes me feel a little bit, different about the film um because obviously this is very much her so if she feels uncomfortable with it then you know there must be something about it but otherwise if you take out what i think she's uncomfortable with like certain parts of her life that are discussed the the other elements of it are done well if that makes sense um and the other one was julia child's um uh julia documentary okay and that was good you know i mean it's it's uh, it was I think that comes out in November as well, just to plug that for people. But, you know, it was a sh- she's obviously a very interesting woman. And I-, I feel like it's hard not to to watch that and enjoy it. You know, it's not to mention be very hungry after. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so I think that that's I just I, I know I just threw out so many movies. Um. Oh, yeah. I will talk about Encounter a little bit, which is coming out on Amazon, I think, in December okay um i don't know if you've heard of with that reason is the the main character oh it's, it's
0: that one okay yeah i know one. i know what i know what you're talking about i just like could not remember the name of it
1: yeah it's you know it's funny because so many of these movies i'm choosing to talk about it's like have some kind of lingering like secret part of the plot that i don't right. want to give away <laughs> so it's like hey let's choose these ones to talk about and then i can't but um it's like kind of marked as like a sci fi thriller. And in the beginning, especially, it has these kind of sci fi bones. And it was actually what I was really intrigued about. But it turns out to be really more of like a, a drama and more about family and connection. And um, it's, first of all, the performances are amazing. I mean, I, I was a little disappointed with some of how the film went, but I mean, I thought, you know, Reese was spectacular i think he always is (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um and the two children that play his sons were just also phenomenal so that was something that i noticed in many of these films that even in certain movies where maybe you know the script faltered or it was it was kind of slow to a degree that was you know unfortunate the performances like were always amazing and in pretty much everything i saw um pretty much everything i saw but like most of them like 95 percent, uh-huh. and that's you know always fun to see and like i said there was a lot of i also saw mad woman's ball uh the melanie laurent which is also uh coming out and am or is already out actually i oh, saw okay. it and then it came out like the next day i was like that's kind of a strange decision to <laughs> like release something on amazon prime the day after it premieres at a festival but hey
0: right.
1: you do you <laughs> um and then lastly, I'll just mention I'm Your Man,
0: because okay. I just thought
1: that was such a lovely film. Um, Dan Stevens is basically like a uh, AI-created uh, perfect boyfriend for this, uh, this scientist and to test out. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know if you're a Dan Stevens fan, but I'm always I, like... I,
0: I like Dan Stevens. I, I kind of like... Th- this will be an interesting test to see how much of this movie you can reveal. But I, <laughs> I, I like Dan Stevens when he's he's a little dirty like a little a little scumbaggy <laughs> like the guest not, yeah yeah that's that's my favorite Dan Stevens oh, or I him in like what's what's that Liam Neeson movie where um Dan Stevens is like a drug dealer that hires Liam Neeson because someone like murdered his girlfriend or something like that like that that kind of scuzzy Dan Stevens is is the kind Is that like Run I All think. Night or was that a different one No that's uh, maybe I want to say it's something I don't know. There's Something like walking with the tombstones, or something like that. Oh, walk Walk among among the the
1: tombstones. Yes, I forgot he was in that. Oh, I think I blocked that movie out a little bit. Um, (laughs) no, but I, yeah, he he is in that. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I mean, and no, he's not. He's not dirty. Okay. So sorry, Jesse. Oh dang. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was. It's just. It was like the only. I didn't really watch a lot of kind of lighter films it turned out a lot of the movies were pretty drama pretty like heavy Mm -hmm. and uh so when I did see the few like kind of lighter comedy or rom-com in this you know this one which was I think the only one that really was was kind of a nice change of of pace and it was just really sweet and uh had a lot to do with like you know love but also kind of philosophy of life and you know again um connection and and finding you know kind of meaning so yeah, I don't know if that was that provided anything really.
0: <laughs> sure, I I will definitely check out all of these. And like I said, I'm I'm very excited for the Celine Siyama movie because yes. I've I've had so many people, um, other than yourself, t- tell me that like pretty much everyone I know who saw it as that did TIFF coverage was like that was the highlight of what they saw.
1: Yeah, and there was um, a lot of movies that I didn't get to see that I really wanted to see. Um yeah. you know, like obviously like I want to see Dune in Last Night in Soho, um but I wanted to see Power of the Dog. I wanted to see Worst Person in the World, um, mm-hmm. which I've heard is amazing. I've heard
0: that's very good as well. Yes. Yes,
1: I'm hopefully watching that sometime soon. Um, and Titan, or I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Yes. Like, uh,
0: T- Titan. 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 I yes. really
1: want to see that, uh, of course. And that was a bummer that it wasn't available online. So there's still a lot of TIFF movies that I'm excited to to view. Uh, Bergman's Island. So we'll see. Yes.
0: Well, I, I can say one of those that you mentioned, I actually did get a chance to see. Um, yes. Good segue. And, yes. Which uh, <laughs> was The Power of the Dog, which is Jane Campion's new movie um jane campion who i don't do you are you a jane campion fan i feel like jane campion is just like we should talk about her as one of the like signature world cinema filmmakers but because she hasn't made a movie in over a decade i mean she did that that tv series with elizabeth moss top of the lake Hmm. that i would highly recommend anyone check out but um i think just because she hasn't made a movie since bright star back in 2009 like we don't we don't talk about her as one of these like w- or you know i I feel like the mainstream does not talk about her as one of these like great world auteurs but i don't know even when she makes a movie that i don't think totally works like it's always interesting like i there yeah. there's not a movie of hers that i think is not at least fascinating in some way um even even if not everything reaches like the the piano i think is one of the best movies of the 1990s um, oh absolutely i agree um and i would say this new movie of hers is is kind of up on that level i mean it, it was this this is um gonna be a weird compare or like a weird story to tell because it's all visual but of after i saw it i basically just sent uh some friends of mine were asking me how it was and i just sent them like if you know the like thug life meme that is like the person's face with the sunglasses and the blunt coming out and it just makes them look cool i just sent like a picture of jane campion's face with <laughs> that had been turned into a thug life meme of th- this is just like one of the our like great living filmmakers coming back after over a decade and is just like at the top of her game and is just sort of like wiping the floor with with everyone um it, this is essentially so western set in the 1920s um stars benedict cumberbatch and jesse plemons as these two brothers who own a cattle ranch um the jesse plemons character is sweet the benedict cumberbatch is not characters is, is he's not he he <laughs> You know, some might call him a son of a bitch, um, but uh, (laughs) nevertheless, the Jesse Plymouth character ends up falling for and marrying a a widow who lives in town, played by Kirsten Dunst, and her and her son. Um, should mention her and Jesse Plemons are are married in real life. In and real like life, a, yeah. That's so an cute. adorable couple <laughs> and are very there the the scene of them like kind of of him kind of courting her is, is just like one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. Oh. Um, <laughs> but so her and her son uh, move on to the ranch with them, which uh does not sit too well with the Benedict Cumberbatch character. And that's kind of all I want to leave it at. Um, because <laughs> this movie, I think what makes it so great is there is this kind of unease and dread to it and Mm. it you have these really um complex characters with all of these contradictions and secrets and just sort of creating this sort of stressful living situation for everyone and you're you're not really sure like what aspect of each of these people is going to kind of like reveal themselves at one moment. And is going to sort of alter the, the kind of chemistry of this household or this, this ranch that they're all living on. Um, So that's, that's kind of a bit of a vague way to explain it, but this movie doesn't really come out. It's Netflix is releasing it in December. Um, So I don't want to give too much of it away. Uh, seems to be a
1: theme today a lot of these movies have like some kind of like element that you just don't want to give away because it's it seems cliche but going in without knowing a lot in a lot of these films that I talked about and it sounds like this one is for the best
0: right yes and and I I will say this is definitely I am someone who has been a bit Benedict Cumberbatch Cumberbatch skeptical of (laughs) I I really fell in love with him on um Sherlock but then I think since then kind of got typecast as as a Mm. particularly like kind of um sort of bitchy smart ass in the (laughs) movies and um this is this both feels like a logical um it feels like Jane Campion saw something in him as a performer that kind of was always there but that like no one ever tapped into which is like all of his characters whether it's playing sherlock holmes whether it's playing doctor strange there is kind of a a meanness to those characters Mm -hmm. but it's it's a sort of like charming meanness that that i sort of mentioned of like you know being kind of snarky and him in this movie it's it's much closer to like i don't want to say it's as much of a like titanic hurricane as this performance i'm about to compare it to but it's it's closer in something to like daniel day lewis and there will be blood as opposed to doctor strange or sherlock so i i think for a lot of people that see this it's going to really like rewire in their head like what they think of him as an actor and what he can do um but i I i was just blown away by everyone in the cast and i think it's it is my kind of what i am drawn to most in movies which is like a a singular work from like a real auteur filmmaker that you feel like you're in complete they have complete and total control over every tiny little detail and you just feel like you're you're being perfectly carried through a series of events that, that she she knows exactly when to like let every um every ball drop in this story at exactly the right moment um so that's that's kind of the most vague way i can explain this movie yeah but but it's
1: still quite the sell
0: (laughs) yeah it's it is it is i think one of the the best movies i've seen so far this year um yeah another i do love
1: when they're able to to actually do what they want to do with a film and really put their stamp on it and their vision um which is why like also petite maman like it you you know it's her film it's like a very intimate Mm -hmm. and very just the the details every little moment there's no waste there's not like everything is intentional and lovely and it's just it's always nice to see but yes next netflix film which is apparently just dominating as always
0: uh <laughs> yeah so i i saw the guilty which is um i think playing in a couple theaters now but it's i think by the time this episode goes up it's basically going to be on netflix um yeah this is a remake of a i believe a danish movie from 2018 that got a uh, best um international feature oscar nomination and is about a 911 dispatcher who gets a call about uh, a woman being kidnapped and uh, attempts to try and rescue her um by you know doing what 911 dispatchers do by making calls and the entire movie is set in this call center and the 911 dispatcher like slowly losing his cool and becoming frustrated by the situation and kind of bumping up against um some of the the bureaucratic and sort of rules that you know are are probably there for a good reason in terms of you know how police conduct themselves but um i I've, I've not seen the 2018 movie. I am told by people who have seen it and seen this new one that they are like almost virtually identical. Um, this new one stars Jake Gyllenhaal, um, it's directed by Antoine Fuqua, who, you know, uh, typically does a kind of like middle middle brow, like action crime movie, like training day or um, there. I believe it's Olympus Has Fallen is the the White House terrorism movie that he did i know there's like three of those that came out around the same time um and it's the screenplay is written by nick pizzolato who created true detective um i wouldn't say this is a great movie but i i i had like a i found it solidly entertaining um and i think if you're needing kind of like a a good condensed like short weeknight thriller um i i would i would recommend checking it out um like i said i have not seen the 2018 version so i sort of had nothing to compare it to um and i think some of the people i've talked to who are a little bit cooler on it had just seen that version and kind of knew some of the twists and directions this was going to go in um so like i said i I, i'm not giving it as high of praise as power of the dog but um i i found it solidly entertaining if that makes any sense and i i think there's some some minor tweaks to the story from what i've understood that that kind of place it in more of the this current moment that we're in with policing in america but mm. other than that it, it is pretty much like kind of a beat for beat remake of this this other film um
1: yeah. solidly entertaining that that's <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it, 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 it <laughs> like a, a good like well-made 90 minute thriller that is pretty much all in one location but you're you're pretty like swept up in what's happening the entire time yeah. um I really want to talk about two movies uh that are out in theaters now that played this festival that I I I do not think work. I, I think the big elephant in the room that we need to talk about that premiered at Tiff <laughs> is um Dear Evan Hansen, which it seems has become the uh the movie punching bag of yes. this year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this, for anyone who doesn't know, it's based off of a Tony award winning big hit Broadway musical from about 5 or 6 years ago um essentially the story the best way I can explain it is about a socially awkward high school kid named Evan Hansen who was played on the stage in a Tony winning role and played kind of controversially in the movie by ben, actor Ben Platt we'll get back to that later um Evan Hansen has been tasked by his therapist to write these kind of like Inspirational letters to himself to kind of like, you know, encourage himself to have a better outlook on the day. And one of these letters ends up finding its way into another, the hands of another kid at the high school who is also struggling with depression. That character ends up um, committing suicide. His parents find the note on him and sort of assume that it was a suicide note written to Evan Hansen. And because Evan Hansen is, um, very socially awkward uh just sort of like rolls with this lie and it ends up ballooning um bigger and bigger um and he ends up becoming like a social media inspiration person and also like wants to date the sister of the (laughs) student that committed suicide whatever Um, could be
1: problematic about this story
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean that's that's the interesting thing is like i i wonder if this is a story that just worked better on the stage and i have seen like not exactly like recorded versions from the broadway musical but like clips from i guess like at the tonys or something when they did like uh you know performances of some of the songs in there should mention all the music written by um the same duo who did the music for uh la la land and greatest showman um i just wonder if this worked better on the stage and and some of these clips that i have seen I think the broadness of the emotions, and especially the broadness of Ben's performance, plays much better on the stage than it does in like a very grounded, um, like very uh, emotional teen drama with like a lot of close-ups of people crying and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I would say the the y- you mentioned the kind of quote unquote like problematic aspect of the plot i think there's a way you could do this to where it works but i think part of the movie's problem (laughs) is it it doesn't you never quite feel like there's sort of a distance you have with the movie and with evan hansen in particular mostly because of let's bring the ben platt thing back into the (laughs) into the conversation 27 Um, year old yeah ben platt is um my age And I believe when the show is playing a 16-year-old was in his early 20s on the Broadway show. And, you know, I'm sure clearly looked a bit younger. There's also, you have a bit more cognitive dissonance when watching Mm -hmm. something on stage than you do on screen. Um, But yes, he is my age playing some, he's, you know, I think he's 28 now. So he was like 28-year-old playing a 16-year-old, but looks like he's 37. Um, (laughs) It's
1: so confusing
0: (laughs) so yeah and and he is clearly doing like the very like play to the rafters big broad performance that you would do on stage but like i said when it's you have sort of the intimacy of the camera it's like very off-putting and very weird and he looks like this very clear adult with just like a bad haircut and a book bag Walking around like, I so so many people have made the joke of the like Portlandia sketch where like Steve Buscemi yeah. shows up <laughs> with hey just, like, kids a turn- yeah, yeah a turn back <laughs> baseball cap and like a skateboard over his <laughs> shoulder at a high school. It is kind of like that, and and you know there is a long Hollywood history of people clearly older than high schoolers yeah. playing high schoolers. I don't think that's so much the issue as we, like Platt looks so much older than everyone else in the the cast and
1: it's got to make a disconnect a little bit make it it hard to yeah
0: yeah, you disconnect with it and i think that also helps i wonder if it was a younger kid some of the mistakes and and lies this character spouts throughout the movie you would you would maybe be a little bit more willing to sort of buy into like well this is a kid that's clearly in over his head and doesn't know how to communicate with people and it would make it go a little bit further um but yeah, this 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 did not I, I mean this was a pretty cringy experience to watch. Um and and just did not work at all. And I thought like, you know, the cinematic language that they used to tell this movie and, and having it be this like very grounded teen drama that just every now and then like Platt will just like belt out a ballad in the middle of a room. <laughs> Um, somehow was, it was, makes
1: it even more awkward
0: right right was very very awkward and just uncomfortable to watch um it's yeah i, I haven't I would not seen even, it
1: but i i you know there was a like a little bit of curiosity just because of like how much i'd seen but i feel like you just talked me out of it <laughs>
0: like, it's not even really like it is it is it is this year's cats in the sense that it is like an adaptation of a big broadway hit musical that now has become a punching bag on the internet yes but is not even like I mean I don't know that that movie's pretty like horrifying to watch but it's not even like the morbid curiosity of like at least I'm going to have a couple drinks and watch like this train wreck happen <laughs> right before my eyes it is a train wreck but it it is more of just sort of like really kind of like it's more like nails against a chalkboard is how I felt sort of watching this movie, yeah, how much none of the, the pieces and choices really fit together or work. So I don't, I don't know. I don't want to fully dogpile it on anymore. I feel so <laughs> bad for everyone else who is involved with this movie that clearly like the press rollout, like people have even been kind of like making jokes and stuff about like how old Ben Platt looks and stuff in interviews. Yeah. So l- well, let's some just... things
1: just don't work. And, you know, I'm yeah. sure th- you know people that worked on it thought it was going to so you know i'm sure people still put a lot of work but yeah i might skip that one so what's the last uh
0: dumpster fire yeah i don't (laughs) even know dumpster fire but um i i saw eyes of tammy faye a couple Mm -hmm. days ago um this is a biopic about tammy faye baker and her husband jim baker who were big televangelists in the 1980s and they're kind of televangelist empire that they had built in um North Carolina actually where I'm from (laughs) um (laughs) kind of ended up coming down due to uh fraud charges that sent Jim Baker to jail and a sex scandal um Tammy Faye Baker played by Jessica Chastain in this movie Jim Baker played by Andrew Garfield this is two, two actors I don't how do you feel about both of them as actors because I they are both actors to me who who like to like go big and make like do very, very big performances.
1: Yeah, and sorry, you mean um Chastain is one of them as well?
0: Yes, right? Ch- and Chastain Andrew- and Garfield, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like Garfield more so as far as, you know, especially in like his last few roles, kind of like mm-hmm. bigger um personalities. I love Jessica Chastain. I'm actually watching scenes
0: uh from a marriage. Which how is... how are you liking that? I'm I'm actually <laughs> super fascinated that you brought this up because I'm I'm watching it too and I kind of like actively don't like it but I'm also like I'm going to watch Intrigue. every single episode of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um so I've I've watched two. So there's three available. Um I was a little late to which I actually think this might have had a premiere at a film festival. I
0: yeah, I think it premiered at Oh, yeah, it was at Venice cuz that's where the, you know, the infamous Oh uh, yes, the infamous red carpet red carpet with her and Oscar <laughs> Isaac. Where I, I just I sent that to a friend and I was like, man, is this just what it's like to be hot in the world? To just be right, like, you just a do these things. Beautiful person? Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. Um, I, I definitely watched that slow mo, and I think everybody in the world did. Um, so I'm actually really enjoying it. I, I, I think. I can understand what might be. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. But um, so far, I mean, I, I think they're both just so good. Obviously, Oscar Isaac is obviously just amazing as well. And I think that him and Chastain, obviously, they've worked together with the what, Most Violent Year. And mm-hmm. I think that they have a really interesting and good chemistry. And I think that this is obviously coming from you know great source material. And I think that right. this... I'm curious to see the the rest of the episodes, but it's definitely not like a happy-go-lucky time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if you've seen the the Bergman miniseries, which I've I've only seen the kind of like condensed movie version, but I I can say thus far, it's the 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 roles are reversed. Yes, um, but, they flip that. But, yeah, but other than that, it it seems to be playing out like pretty beat for beat. Um, the way the the Bergman miniseries is um except for the kind of like weird choice that you know somewhat fits into my problem with it of like beginning the episode with like the, the behind the scenes wall. Yeah, yeah yeah which i i think my problem with it is like i really like both of them together and like i i agree with you they have great chemistry together um i think i like saw an interview with Jessica Chastain where she said like they've been close friends since college or something so hmm. like they they clearly um have a a rapport with each other and and work really well on screen um i just there's something about it that just feels a little over overwritten overacted and like at a distance to me where like i i i'm having trouble like fully emotionally investing in it because i i i'm i feel like i'm only watching it as like i'm watching two actors, actors put on a performance and somehow i'm like every bit of dialogue feels like um overwritten to the point of like every bit needs to sound profound and like all the performances feel like so rehearsed to the point of like i can see every little like mannerism choice you're making but at the same time i can't stop watching it which, right yeah it's um which, which is no, a bit I... of yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, and I think, honestly, I, I totally get that. And I think that starting off the episodes with, like, showing the behind the scenes, like, basically, right. they do it with Chassie in the first one and Isaac in the second one, like, leading up to the scene with the cameras. And there's even, like, the uh, face mask, given that it's was during, like, pandemic time. And it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, something about that obviously sets it up to make it even harder to, to not, like, to break off from your watching actors act. But yes. I do know what you mean about it being almost overly profound and, and having like every element of the dialogue. And it's funny you say like even mannerisms and stuff like um, I notice a lot with Chastain, especially it seems very, very intentional to a point where it can kind of disconnect you can kind of take you out of it a little bit. But at the end of the day, it is hard to not watch it. It's definitely compelling. And I think even if they're like overacting and they're You know, in an obvious way, they're still such great performers and have such great chemistry that it's like it's it's like enigmatic. It's like you want to watch it. It's engaging. You want to see what happens and how uh, how far this goes. But I don't know. Um, Plus, I'm always sold with Oscar Isaac. I feel like so.
0: I'm I'm just relishing the oscar isaac season that we're in <laughs> as someone who loved him in the card counter and then is like oh yeah we got dune here in a couple weeks too yeah he
1: he is definitely like rock so is benedict like he had he yeah. had two movies at tiff uh, oscar isaac i actually saw something online that was like the competition between like three actors i can't remember what the other one was i had like two to three movies coming out this year um
0: probably if adam driver i would guess. yes adam
1: driver yes exactly um yeah. they all three have quite a few um potential oscar probably performances or at least just movies that you can check out but yeah Yeah. so scenes for marriage i'm I'm curious i have you know another episode and there's two more i'm definitely going to watch them all it's probably going to be heartbreaking numerous times because i think that that does not (laughs) hold back from (laughs) from trying very purposely to to crush your soul a little bit when you watch it Mm -hmm. but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh i but Tammy I say Faye. <laughs> but it <laughs> an interesting connection not just because of the jessica chastain thing but i think um you know eyes of tammy fay is is a, a similar i'm having a i had a similar issue of it in which like i couldn't buy into it of like i'm just seeing actors act yeah um you know this is i think if we are ta- you know talking about oscar conversation i don't know about andrew garfield necessarily although like as as i've kind of understood from some of the real life clips they played of jim and Tammy Faye baker like in the credits of the movie these are these were both like very kind of like uh kind of big personality people so Mm. um these are maybe some some accurate uh you know re reimaginings of these these two people on on screen but um yeah this is i think jessica chastain is is definitely i don't know whether i can say i fully like this performance just because it's it's a type of performance that i'm that usually doesn't fully connect with me but it is the kind of performance that really connects with oscar voters which is like you're playing a it is a big um flashy transformation performance of a real person and there's there's singing. There's all kinds of crazy makeup. There's like prosthetics, and she does a body change. Oh no!
1: There's prosthetics. It's like you know, yeah. It gets you there's put in the Oscar door.
0: Yeah. There's shouting <laughs> matches, and uh, it, 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 it all just felt. I felt like I was watching an SNL sketch kind of the entire time and and it is very broad. And I think my biggest issue with the movie is I don't really know what this movie's take is on these two people. Like I, the, the movie to me seems very confused and all over the place and even tonally can't decide whether it wants to be sympathetic to them, sympathetic to their faith, whether it wants to be satirical, whether it thinks they're charlatans basically um i i just got no real sense of like so what am i supposed to take away about yeah tammy faye baker at the end of this movie other than yeah let's write jessica chastain in on our ballot um which <laughs> it doesn't it sound is, like it, it has is,
1: much of an identity
0: right yeah it just sort of felt all over the place and and a bit confused and i think to to her credit that performance is i think she has done all, all the sort of like thought and 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 care and sort of unpacking that she needs to sort of like fully succumb herself to to this role um but you know i i'm sure we will be talking about this performance for months to come like i said because while it 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 did feel a little self-conscious to me um and i i prefer her more in movies like like i think she's great in the tree of life or mm-hmm. um zero dark 30 um but yeah this this just felt like i like i wasn't even someone who like a few years ago i was like i get the love for like walking phoenix and joker but also like this is not phoenix in the mode that i this this feels like a very much like give me the oscar now sort of right. role, um and that's kind of how this felt a little bit but i I don't know it was more just tonally it felt all over the place and i was like wait are we making fun of these people are we sort of criticizing this kind of um mega church industry is this actually like a tragedy about people who just fell to material desires are, are were they like I, I it just felt all over the place to me but um yeah i'm sure we'll be talking about the jessica chastain performance to come because it this 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 is the kind of performance that is catnip to to oscar voters if that makes any sense
1: (laughs) oscar catnip yeah
0: yes i think we
1: all know what what those are so yeah from what i've seen definitely another speaking of oscar well catnip but um spencer i I wish i would have got Mm. to see spencer as well i've heard a lot of really amazing things about chris stewart um, yeah, that, that seems to be the wow. the
0: other kind of big best yeah. actress person people are like circling and saying like that's going yes. to be a thing so
1: yes people are definitely circling Stewart right now um so that that's another one that was at tiff that i didn't get to see as well but
0: yeah well christy thank you uh so much for for hopping on this week mm-hmm. to discuss the the festival season we look forward to having you back going to be like a very exciting next couple months i'm <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled. We got like so many good, or hopefully good, just like exciting movies coming out. Oh yeah, so many. Yeah, finally Uh, getting
1: James Bond for one for one. Jeez.
0: Oh man. that took forever
1: that took forever i feel like I, I think we even might have talked about this once upon a time with movies coming out but i feel like getting that james Bond movie is like our first step to return to normalcy it's
0: right like, exactly until
1: we get that we're just gonna be stuck well and
0: there's some stuff on the calendar like i'm i'm planting my flag in the sand that like i don't think Venom, Let There Be Carnage is a real movie. Like I'm, I'm fully. I think it's like, a
1: facade. Yeah, it's like a... I,
0: I, I think it's like you go to the theater and then like Ashton Kutcher and Nick Cannon come down Hunked. and I'm just like surprised you've been on Hunked, or something like that. I
1: think that's reasonable. Yeah.